Welcome to Sippin' Tea, everybody. It's your girl, E, ready to sip on the tea in your testimony. Because here, we know that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. And we believe that when we share our lives and our experiences, we can and will help somebody else. So grab a seat, settle in, and let's get ready to sip on it. It's sipping tea, everybody. Let's get it started. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. It is your girl, E. And today we are going to be sipping on Ephesians 6 and 4. Yes, we are going to dive just a little bit into the word one more time. And so the scripture reads, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And so when we look at that scripture, the first thing that pops out, it talks about provoking our children. And then you might say, okay, well, what does provoking mean? Because I don't think I do that. So what is provoking? Provoke is to deliberately annoy or make angry. It is to give insight or rise to get a reaction or an, emo or an emotion that's typically negative, right? So you've heard the saying, oh, they're just doing that to get a rise out of you. That is provoking. Now, there are instances when we might get a rise out of somebody unintentionally, right? We might do something that really gets somebody's goose, if you will, but we didn't mean to. We're not talking about that. We're talking about provoking with the intent to get a negative reaction or a negative emotion, right? And so the Bible says, don't do it to anger, right? So we don't want to anger our children. We don't want to discourage our children. We don't want to put fear in our children. We don't want to put intimidation in our children. These are all negative emotions. And one of the bigger ones is how about suicide? All of these things, when somebody gets to their breaking point, it can incite a suicidal mentality that leads to suicide. Mental health is a real thing. It's an issue that is being discussed, right? And that will probably be another topic that we'll touch on a little later, but not today, right? So again, we might say, okay, well, we don't do that. I don't do that. That scripture doesn't really resonate with me. Hey, how about this? I don't even have a child. So why don't we look at it from another angle, right? Why don't we push it just a little bit further, not adding to or taking away from the word, but how about looking at it this way? If God is telling us not to provoke our children, right? What makes you think he wants us to provoke his children? Just let that sit with you, right? So, let me put it this way. If I am a child of God, I should not purposely be provoking another child of God. It's just that simple. Simple. Now, need I say that we shouldn't provoke anybody, but for text purposes, right? He's not going to want us provoking his children. Right? Why would he want his children to be provoked and he tell us not to provoke our children? Right? So, got that straight. Now, I like to talk about my family because, you know, that's my family and I can do that. And plus, this is kind of the lighter side of 
provoking because you talk about getting a rise out of somebody trust me i know how to get a rise out of everybody in my family right i could do it easily with my oldest son all i have to do is call him cute and fluffy names all i have to call him is sweetheart precious baby you know what i'm saying all of that he doesn't like he does not like that at all that really gets him angry my middle son all i have to do is look at him for too long i used to tell my kids like i'm from the south side of chicago we have this unwritten rule three second rule you got three seconds to look at us after that either look away or pay us a compliment like otherwise we're looking at you like what's the problem so my son has this thing about people looking at him right and i tell him i'm like okay sweetheart you have these nice clothes like the clothes he wears like like it really draws attention not like they're flamboyant or anything he's just so well put together i can't help but look sometimes not to mention i am the biggest stalker when it comes to my kids i am stalkville i just love looking at god's creation at my children so when my son catches me looking at him and since i know how he feels about it when i catch him catch me i look away because i don't want no static i don't want no heat I don't want nobody feeling a certain type of way, right? My son, my husband, he has to be the funniest. He doesn't like, okay, we play Uno. We an Uno family. My sisters, they moved to the A. They moved to Atlanta. I was down with, down there with them not too long ago. Y'all, when I tell you we have completely turned Uno upside down, we are a smack-talking family. We talk smack throughout the whole game. We don't just put the cars down, y'all. We slam the cars down. We want you to feel the wind of your failure and your loss. Like, that's it. Like, game over. Rise up, old man of God. You've lost, right? That's us. My husband, on the other hand, he doesn't like that talking smack. It gets him angry. It makes him not want to play. He, it just agitates him, right? So everybody can't handle that energy. For Christmas, we had a gingerbread contest, right? We all built like our own little gingerbreads. And our family, we was having fun roasting each other's houses. It was so much fun. And then we posted it on YouTube and every got everybody got to vote whose house was the nicest, right? So we had so much fun with that one. I'm like, okay, we're going to do it again next year. This time we had the in-laws. And so we started roasting each other's houses and the in-laws were like, well, now everybody's house is nice. We And I'm like, okay, is this the kind of party we have it? Because this ain't finna be fun. We not going to invite them at the next one. <laughs> like they are officially uninvited. But seriously, you have to know your audience. If your audience is like, like they say, read the room read the room if you know your audience doesn't like that then don't do it it is just that simple right so we're talking and i know that's kind of probably like the light side of things but how about we dive into something that's a little more serious because you know that's my family and we're goofy but how about we talk about something that's more serious in nature when we talk about provoking or inciting a negative reaction emotion or whatever into our children what about the child who is he's not the basketball kind he's not the football kind he's not the wrestling or boxing kind he doesn't like any of that physical outdoorsy stuff right but then he has a dad that's like a, a man's man a dude's dude you know what i'm saying that's all he knows is roughhousing 
And so he looks at his son like, okay, he's weak. You know what I'm saying? He's going to get out there. He's going to get beat up by the world. He's going to get in high school and he's going to get beat up. He's going to get bullied. And so in the parent's mind, right? I won't just say father. It could be mother too. In the parent's mind, they feel, okay, well, you know what? I'm just going to beat, right? That weak out of them. So, and I know the Bible says spare the rod, spoil the child, but not everybody's rod is of God, all right? Not everybody's rod is of God. So you have kids right now who are getting punched in their faces, punched in their back, punched in their arms, punched in their stomach. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just being beat up all on the skirts of I'm doing them a favor. I'm toughening them up. But are we really, right? Is it provoking them to anger? Is it provoking discouragement? Is it provoking fear and intimidation, right? Not all bullies become bullies, right? Some bullies become suicidal. I'm telling you, I'm just saying it's a real thing, right? That's why God said, let the discipline and instruction come from the Lord. Then here's another one. You might have a child that is emotional, right? We're so quick to say, oh my goodness, you just get on my nerves. You cry too much. You too weak. Can't nobody say nothing to you without you crying. Can't nobody say nothing to you without you running to dad or running to mom. Or And so the parent feels like, okay, they are not going to survive life wearing their emotions on their collars, right? We've heard that before. They're not going to survive. So let me toughen them up. I'm going to speak to them harshly. They get called B's. They call, they get called H's, right? There's a lot of girls that's growing up being called B's and H's and so on and so forth. And so what um, what are they inciting, if you will, right? Insecurity, right? Worthlessness. You can hear somebody call you B's and H's. Next thing you know, you're going to be dating somebody that's calling you a B. You're going to be dating somebody that's calling you an H. And what you're going to low self-esteem. It can incite low self-esteem. All, all of those things are negative things. And so that's why, again, it's so important then, as the scripture says, rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Well, you might say, okay, well, I look, I don't, I don't, this is all I know. This is how I was raised, right? I'm good. This, this is the only way I know how to do it, right? You might say, my daddy did it. My mama did it. That's how my grandma did it. It goes, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that comes from the Lord, not from grandma, not the way things were done from generation to generation. Because, see, we could be passing on generational curses and those things can be broken. Right. So you might say, OK, how do I go about this? You all will often hear me say tap in the Holy Ghost. Right. He is. He is your friend until the end. Amen. That's your friend. And I'm not talking about cats with a friendly ghost because we don't know if that ghost was holy. But we're talking about the holy, holy ghost, right? Who will lead you and guide you, right, into all truth. And the truth is the word of God. So, you might ask yourself this question or ask it this question. Okay, you have a child that's strong-willed. There's nothing wrong with a ch strong-willed child. If that child is nurtured, right? According to the word of God, if he's nurtured the right way, that can be his superpower, right? So how should I handle this strong-willed child without breaking its spirit? 
take it to God, right? Take it to your hope. Take it to the spirit of God who is going to lead you and guide you. How can I help this child who is emotional or passive, right? How can I help this child who, who is emotional, who's, who is a passive child to not be adrift, right? Because they're so passive or because they're so emotional. They go from one emotional elevator to another. And we already know that emotions have no intelligence. They will have you out there doing stupid and looking stupid, right? So how? How do we help our children? Again, there is a reason why God said his way, right? Because our way is our self way. It's the, it's the, it's the self-made way that we might have learned, right? Some of these behaviors are learned, right? Provoking one another, um, taking digs at one another, trying to get rises out of one another. These are things that are learned. So it's time for us to stop passing on negative learned behavior, right? Just because we can, just because we have the prerogative, right? I can easily say to my oldest son, look, I gave you your name. So if I want to change it and call you sweetie, honey, precious, poo-poo, I can do that. Quit playing, right? But that's not what God said, right? And so there is a scripture that I do want to read. And you'll find that in 1 Corinthians 10 and it's 23. And I'm going to read it all the way to the end. And I'll paraphrase for some as well because that's what I do. It says, you say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but be concerned also for the good of others. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience, right? Because after all, the earth for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, right? So if anyone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But suppose someone tells you mm -mm, that meat was offered to an idol, and we know that's a no-no. You're not supposed to eat meat that was offered to an idol back then. Then it goes on to say, don't eat it. If somebody tells you that that meat was offered to an idol, don't eat it. Don't eat it out of consideration for the conscience of the one who told you. Because obviously they have a problem with it. It might not be a matter of conscience for you, right? It might not matter to you if it was offered to an idol. But it matters to the other person, right? So for why? Then the next paragraph goes on to say this. But why should my freedom be limited by what someone else's think, right? Why should I care about what they think? If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? Like, why should I be thankful for the food and then be condemned for eating it at the same time? Then it goes on to say, look, look at here. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense. We're going to talk about offense. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me, but I do what is best for others so that many can be saved. So in short, if something you're doing is going to make the other person struggle, then just don't do it. It's just that simple. 
I have, uh, again, bring my kids into the story, right? I have one who doesn't have a problem with drinking wine, and I have another that does, right? And so, of course, we are a family that prays for each other. We pray for each other's salvation, so on and so forth. And so for my oldest son, when he sees like his sister drinking wine, and his mind is like, oh, my goodness, my, my, my daughter is, is, is my sister is, go, is going to be going to hell, or, you know, she's backsliding, who, whatever, right? Whatever that equates to him, right? Whereas on, my, my, on the other hand, my daughter's like, I'm sure-footed in the Lord. My relationship with him is on point, and I don't have a problem with drinking wine. I don't get drunk, but I don't have a problem drinking. So I tell her, look, when you're in his presence, because you know not so much that it makes him angry, but it can discourage him, then just don't do it, right? It's just that simple. Just don't do it. You have churches, sanctuaries that you go in. They don't believe in women wearing jewelry. Just don't wear the jewelry, right? skirts we live out here in an open world and an open public right there are people right now that feel like if your skirt is longer um if your skirt is longer is shorter um than like below your kneecap then like you ain't you ain't a christian at all right so all of these things I, i get it we have to be mindful we have to be mindful of Okay, let me put it this way. I used to go to a church where they didn't like women wearing pants, right? Now, I'm no longer a part of that church. But since I know how they feel about women wearing pants, I just make sure that when I go up in there, I have on a skirt. Now, I'm not a part of that church. I'm not under that law. I'm not under that rule, right? That 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 doesn't apply to me no more because that ain't part of my church no more. But however, I do take under consideration their values, right? So... I'm only going to be in there for an hour, two hours, three hours, right? You might only be someplace for a day. Why not just hold your mule for that day or for that short period of time and accommodate, right, that emotion, right? Accommodate that request, accommodate whatever it is just for that short period of time. And then after that, you can go back to doing you. It's just, again, right, let's not provoke whether we're doing it intentionally or unintentionally right let's just be mindful of those who are around us and when we go back to intentionally and purposely trying to get a rise or a negative reaction out of someone or a negative emotion y'all that literally in my opinion and this is just my opinion that is literally being the devil's advocate right to advocate is to be in support of and everybody knows it is the devil that is out here tempting God's people to get up out of character, right? That ain't God's doing. God might allow it, right? But he's not the one out here tempting people, right? So when we know that Satan is the one out here tempting, trying to get a rise out of you, trying to see, okay, wh- how are they going to react? What emotion am I going to get up? When we play that role, right? We're really su- supporting the works of the enemy, right? Hence, devil's advocate now i know that's not like the true definition of a devil's advocate but i am speaking in the literal sense let's not right play devil's advocate because life is hard enough going day by day let's not be the one right amongst the brethren to be the ones to provoke purposely provoke one another purposely do things to get a rise or a negative rise or a negative uh, reaction or a negative emotion out of one another because at the end of the day we 
do have liberty, right? So the next time you have an opportunity to exercise your liberty, read the room, be mindful and be compassionate and just exercise the liberty to not be provoking, right? Because obviously if you provoke somebody, that means you've obviously offended them because if if you get a negative reaction, there was an offense. And the Bible tells us that offenses are going to come, but woe to the one that brings the offense. So the next time you have the liberty, right, to do what you want to do, let's just be mindful of those that are around us. Try not to be offensive. Let's try not to be provoking. Let's try not to get a rise out of anybody. Amen. So with that being said, thank you so much for sipping with us. Hopefully you like what you heard, but if you didn't, we still want to hear from you. We can be reached at sipnt4u at gmail.com. That is S-I-P, the number four, the letter U at gmail.com.